Well, well, everyone, who thought we'd make it here? We're at, I can't believe I have Spotify open, that's a little unfortunate. I can't believe that we're at 12,500 downloads, and this will mark the 300th episode. I mean, because we started the year, we started the year at 10,000, I think it was 10,050 downloads, and then and we had 205 episodes. And then I decided, well, things are kind of getting busy for my mom, so I suppose... I should do the editing so that I can get episodes out a little bit faster and sort of on time so that two months down the line we don't get news about um, some new car that comes out and it's just late. Although considering I still have cars from about May of this year, new cars that came out that I haven't gotten to yet, it would appear I'm doing a bad job of that. <laughs> a bit unfortunate, but that it's, it's crazy how, to me, we were again at 12,000 and a bit and now we're at the next milestone. In a few short months, that's just insane. And also, I should make a point here before we get to the too late. We're at the minute mark. Uh, my sister is here to join me and just kind of help me bounce off, bounce some of this stuff off of someone about that was terribly hoarded. Hello. But, and, and and of course, this is a special, so this kind of had to happen because the last time this happened was you, we were talking about this a few days ago. When did you say the last time you were on? Was? Last year for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, last year for Christmas, which kind of seems a little bit recent now, considering it was just December, but yeah. it's also October, and it's almost December again. Yeah. So So today's a special because I'm here, because I'm special. No. Uh, it's no. Be it's because this is the 300th episode. Yeah, I just decided to invite you so that it wouldn't be so dull with just me here. <laughs> but, <laughs> before I get on to anything, can I just say, this year has felt weird to me. Not for all the mess yeah basically pandora's box opening but more so it's felt kind of slow because everything's been locked down and you can't really do anything but it's also felt really really fast because it was just february like yeah. I, I i still feel like i sort of just came from drift colorado in february where that car that drift car rolled off the trailer and then rear-ended oh yeah SUV. <laughs> i remember that when you showed me the video you got home i was like oh my god yeah that was just this year that was february 27th Wow. That's when that was, and it's already October, and I'm just like, what happened? Spooky month! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's so strange, because I'm sure as most of you can imagine, this has felt like a long year with all the tragedies that's happened. But, again, I look at that when it was, when it was just March, when it was just, like, kind of late summerish, and I did the NASA thing, the... And, huh? What? March is not late summer. No, no. But after that, oh. when it was late summerish, okay. and then I started doing a handful of more events, it it's crazy. It just felt like because we just turned eighteen in May. Yeah. And it's like okay, I'm already about to be nineteen. Like this feels like a faster transition than when I was seventeen. Mm -hmm. When seventeen to eighteen, I'm like, oh wow, now I'm gonna get charged. I, or I could be charged as an adult for illegal stuff. That was a very abrupt transition, and now it's like, yeah, you're moving further and further, sooner and sooner, into the rest of your life. Yeah. Kind of frightening. For the first 17 years of your life, you're just basically a child, not, expect, not expected to know better or do a lot of things, and then all of a sudden you're 18, it's like, okay, time to get a job, time to go to college, time to know what you're doing with your life, even though you didn't, like, the past couple days, but... Yeah, you're basically, when you're 17, you're basically just a walking fetus, still. You, <laughs> just, you just don't know anything. Anything. And it's it's almost surprising, because when you look back, I was like, oh my, how oblivious to absolutely everything. And I'm just, this is kind of unrelated, but it's weird. It's weird to think about how school really doesn't tell or teach kids about the real world whatsoever to almost any meaningful capacity. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's taxes or just how to 
formulate thought or anything like that. It's barren. They just leave kids out in the dust to be like, yeah, yeah figure it out like your parents did and your grandparents and your great grandparents. You would think that over a hundred years, you know, over the last hundred years, we would figure out a better way of preparing kids for the real world, even as that evolves. Mm. No, <laughs> no, that is very much not the case. Yep, you're treated like a child until you're 18 and you're expected to know all these answers you were never taught to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just talking about that to someone recently. And it, and it reminds me of a video I was watching where where the psychologist was saying it's, you know, you're eventually going to be hit with that reality when you, I don't know, turn 18 or get a little bit older that, no, your parents know just as little as you do. Like, they, <laughs> like that's not, they're not on this high pedestal that you saw them as when you're 12. It's like, no, they're just like you. Also try to figure things out. Which basically means, at that point means, okay, well, now you got to figure it out for yourself because you, you're kind of the only person that you can turn to at that rate. Right. And now, not that this conversation isn't interesting, but this is the car podcast. So why don't we get into the metal of this conversation? <laughs> I was going to say meat, but there's no meat here. I, I would laugh, but that one that one was pretty poor. Pretty poor. We're pulling a Top Gear where we it's supposed to be a car show and we don't talk about cars. It's not even my fault. Ever, it not, it's not this time. So the first topic that I kind of wanted to talk about here was how, when and how CCC started and that would have been, so I've said this occasionally on the podcast and it's on my still in progress website, but the podcast <laughs> originally, I started it kind of November, December 2015-ish and the whole idea was to have a long podcast that someone could listen to on a road trip. So either that would be, I don't know, talking about movies or car news or whatever it was, give them something to kind of educate themselves with on the, on the, in the automotive world whilst on long journeys. Well, as we have, as we have now figured out for the past few years, it's hard for me to talk two hours straight without editing when there's no one else on the podcast. So at that rate, those just kind of became, I like to think of them as pilot episodes, kind of just trial periods for me to figure out how to podcast and what would be the best idea. And so that I kind of talked it over with my mom. I think it was February, about a month before we started, because I was like, I want to get serious about this and I want to do it as soon as possible. February so, of 2016? February of 2016, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we decided that we would do, you know, do a new segment and it would be three 10 minute segments. That way it'd be easy for her to edit at the time because she was doing all the editing at the time then. And then I think it was March 16th, 2016, the first episode went up on Podbean. Yeah. And then it just, <laughs> and so, and then it snowballed from there and I would just do more and more and more episodes and it was. I think it was an every week thing. It was an every week thing. So every Sunday, every Sunday, Saturday, I would just go through the news. And I had to let it wait for that long because there's the new, the sites I was checking, they had news in a day, but it wasn't really enough to make it more than a, maybe a six minute podcast if I went into every single article. So I said, okay, wait a week. Cause that gives, gives me more or gives the outlets I was using more than enough time to pr produce a slew of news. So I don't just get caught up so quickly. And that's the formula that I've stuck with for a while. Now, to be fair, a handful of times I've tried doing two segments where it'd be you know, just two 10-minute episodes. And that we, we very quietly rolled out, I think. I don't remember making a an announcement about that. It was just a trial period because it seemed like the 20-minute episodes were actually doing better for a time than the 30-minute ones, which confused me to no end. But no, it just it would depend on the topic. It would depend on the upload and how I social media them. <laughs> Which is to say, if I did, if I did social media market them. Right. But that happened, and then the OGs, the OGs that have been here for a while, will know that 
in about 2017, I tried adding a segment called Wheel and Wednesday, which was, oh, yeah. yeah, and that was when I was just doing the racing news, and that was every other week, because racing news, I think, was a little bit slower, so. I forgot about that segment. <laughs> yep, and so, unfortunately, I dropped it in, I think, 2018, because mom was getting so busy, it was like, yeah, these aren't, these episodes aren't just, they're just not going to come out fast enough, uh, and so it didn't. It didn't really make sense. And I think at that time it was also college, which was also kind of middle of the week. So it was like, yeah, there's just too many forces here to do this viably. So Wheel of Wednesday got dropped, and occasionally these days I still do racing news. It's just not under the Wheel and Wednesday banner anymore. But I've done a few Formula One. I've done a bit of NASCAR. You know, maybe I would. Maybe I'd, I've thought about going back to Wheel of Wednesday because I was like, well, okay, if I'm editing it now, well, then I can kind of keep it on schedule. Right. So that would make sense. But the other part of me, because some of you guys may not know this, but so outside of the podcast, I'm doing YouTube. I'm doing my photography, which some of those photos have gone up on the as a thumbnail image for the podcast. And then I'm doing writing, although I haven't done that a lot recently for the aforementioned uh, website work in progress. And the thing is, I'm doing all the editing for that. So I'm taking all the photos. I'm choosing which ones are good. I'm doing the editing for that. And then as of late, I do the podcast. I edit it. I upload it. I do the social media for everything. When I write, I do the own, my own editing now with the YouTube. Make the video. Edit the video. Occasionally do the voiceover for video, which is becoming a lot more prevalent now. Yeah. Given my recent videos. So part of me wants to go back to Wheelan Wednesday, but it's hard to go back to Wheelan Wednesday I was like, you're already busy enough as it is, and even though you're not doing, even though I'm not doing Wheel and Wednesday now, I'm pumping out more episodes than I pretty much ever have. I'm posting it, uh, pumping out about three or four video uh, podcasts a week. Right. So I have a podcast on Tuesday, which is one new car segment. So I just go into that new car. Then I have one on Thursday or maybe Friday, where I do the same thing. Then you have Saturday, which is the weekly news segment where I go over more than just the new cars. <laughs> then you have Sunday, which is the special, which is either because I had one recently about an old race car because I saw an article on Drive Tribe about that. And I was like, oh, Ooh. yeah, I'll read that. It was actually pretty good. It lasted, uh, the, the podcast was about 20-something minutes, so I was pretty pleased. I'd, I'd like the specials to be a little bit longer, but it just doesn't always play out that way. Actually, the F1, side note, the F1, the new rule podcast was supposed to be the Sunday special, but the article was so short, it was like 14-ish minutes, and I'm like, this isn't a Sunday special. This is just like a normal <laughs> a weekday one. So I actually said, welcome to the Sunday special, and then when I got to the end of that podcast, it, during the edit, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to edit this out. I'm going to have to <laughs> cut that bit out because this isn't going to be a Sunday special. I'm like, I can't even have this go on go out afterwards because it doesn't make any sense what makes it special is not the fact that it's really long or short but the fact that it's on sunday you grossed them with another episode <laughs> well it's sort of the length because i because i want it to be a long in-depth podcast that's yeah. that's what makes that special in in my mind so yeah but like i getting back to the earlier point though so while i'd like to do wheel of wednesday the reality is i'm doing more podcasts than i ever have done we have the specific new car episodes going out during the weekdays and then we have two podcasts on the weekends which is insane. And I'm editing all of those at the same time. And writing. And social media. And doing whatever else. And your videos. Yeah, and the videos. Recently, you've been working on your spooky videos. Hey, y'all, since it's spooky month and you want some spooky car stories, go to his YouTube channel. Yeah. And, you know. There's... It's sort of like the Reddit story. Like the r slash yeah. ask Reddit, whatever. Except 
the only one that's read it has been the third video that just went up today. Ooh. Because I tried to find someone around the internet beyond Reddit, because mm -hmm. of course Reddit would be easy. And the one, the third video that's gone up, youtube.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum, hey. isn't, wasn't supposed to be a Reddit video, or it wasn't <laughs> supposed to be the Reddit stories. I had another link for the third week because I have a OneNote file of all the links I wanted to use. Mm -hmm. But those stories were so bad and they were so short. That I was like, this isn't even worth it. I might as well just jump straight to Reddit. Because my my qualifications for the story for these videos was they had to be supernatural. They couldn't just be, like, really sad, gruesome, like, fatal attraction type stories. <laughs> it couldn't be that or it couldn't be lame mechanic stories about, oh, well, someone's car was held together, held together by one bolt. As freaky as those stories are. Although, one did make it into the top speed video that went up. Which was, I was on a crunch for that one, though. So, unfortunately, it had to go in. But they had to be properly supernatural. And that's surprisingly hard to find, actually. But unless you go on Reddit, then it's it, there's an entire three... I think it had 3.5 thousand comments on that Reddit thread. And a lot of that were, was replies, but even some of the replies had stories of their own. So for the next two videos, it's just going to be Reddit stories because those are the only ones that are any good. What, that you I've got. what you should have done was had your listeners submit their own personal spooky car stories. I'm probably... If I do it again next year which i might that's probably what i'm gonna do because i wanted to even do a podcast version where i just like i cut everything out and then i you know and then i just have it read uh on the podcast without all the music and stuff because podbean doesn't like that <laughs> um but because i'm always constantly on a crunch for these videos i haven't gotten around to doing that now it's very very late so we'll hopefully next year we'll have spoopiness for the youtube channel and the podcast Yes. Hopefully we'll have that. I mean, I don't even have any Halloween. I have one Halloween themed or one spoopy themed picture that was an avatar that I used last year, last October, that I haven't even posted. Well, you know, since this podcast isn't that spooky, let's do something real quick to make it super spooky. Mondays. <laughs> Mondays. <laughs> yeah. That's that's that because this today has been a, a late day for both of us because we had that four hour long conversation if I remember correctly. Yeah. And so I was hope I was hoping to get this done kind of earlier and then just kind of fool around the rest of the day. It's already six twenty two at the time of recording yeah. this, so that's not gonna happen. No. Nope. Oh, another spooky thing. Taxes. <laughs> Taxes. <laughs> Just do an ASMR of like taxes, just, Mondays. Just an ASMR of someone writing on paper and they say, yeah, this is paper for taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what was I talking about? Oh, but the Wheel and Wednesday. Yeah, so, but that's the short of it is that I'm doing more podcasts than I've ever done before. And so it just doesn't make sense to overload myself when I've got a bunch of this other stuff going on. So maybe, maybe one day we'll get back to the Wheel and Wednesday, because I'd, I'd love to, really, but I don't want to... I, I have to cut myself a little bit of slack, because I'm kind of hard on myself. It's like, you're doing way too much for one person to be doing. You're doing all the editing, and then all the content creation. Like, you haven't delegated any of these powers to anyone else to handle, including the social media stuff, which, by the way, Twitter sucks. I hate having to do social media because you have 280 characters yeah. and it's not enough. It's really not. It really isn't enough. Twitter, we need 480 <laughs> characters. Please. Please. Or if we're going, if we're going by, it would be what? 560 characters if it was another 280. I, something like that. Something like that. We need 560 <laughs> characters. No, wait. We need more. Or 
Somewhere north of 600, probably. Because I'm probably forgetting to add the one. Either way, it would be 600 plus. And yes, we need that. But that's why, if any of you want to follow me for social media stuff, go to my Instagram. Just type in Cody's Car Control because I'm way more active there than right. I ever am on Twitter. Because I not only do... Because on Twitter, it's pretty much me just marketing all my new episodes and stuff. On Instagram, I'm also posting my photography. So, go... And other a handful of other funny things. So, go to my Instagram if that's... If you want to see my stuff, go there. <laughs> go there. That's better. And to be fair, I, I don't get that much traction on Twitter. So it's very demotivating to post on there. But it's also like, okay, but if you don't post on there, you're going to get even less traction over time. So right, yeah. it's kind of a, you let it sit there, it's guaranteed to get worse. So you kind of have to sit through the fact that, oh, you tweet nothing, 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 nothing in the hopes that you do get something. Outside of that, though, so in other news, as I allude, well, as I said outright, we're 18 now, and I'm sure most of you are wondering because I'm a car guy whether or not I'm driving, and the answer is yes. I don't have a, a license yet, though, because I need I'm, I have my learner's permit because I started when I was 17, uh, but I'm getting my hours in. I'm pretty close. The only thing holding me back is this one in the hey. next chair that hey. just doesn't want to drive to save her life. <laughs> <laughs> Because I like to drive so I know how to do it, but in terms of, you know, driving at your freedom, I frankly don't care at the moment. Because, well, look, in all fairness, in all fairness, you don't have anything to do outside of the house. Like, you don't need to at yeah. the moment. You I mean, should know to drive, but it's not it's not a necess uh, necessity for you. It's really yeah. not. I mean, yeah, I would like to go to Jamba Juice and Barnes and & Nobles and things, and, you know, nerdy places like that. But in terms of things I need for my business and my career, no, I never have to leave the house. <laughs> this one over here it just works from home all the time. And it's the, only, it's the only thing she really needs to do. Whereas I do work from home. But if you want, if any of you go to my YouTube channel, if you see my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Cody's Car Conductor, shameless plug. <laughs> there's events I've been going to. And so I have to go outside the house and I, I want to do more of that stuff and more more car events outside the house. And so... Awesome. The driving and getting a car is actually very necessary for me. What? How dare you call me this one? I'm not a this one. I have a name, and it's not my sister. Are you Velociraptor? Is that you? Are you a Velociraptor? Is that what you believe yourself to be? I mean... Yeah, he's referring to my online nickname, which is Vel. V-E-L, which is short for Velociraptor. Although I suppose I'm no better because my online name has pretty much forever been Dodge Viper ACR 16. No, no, so. no, you, you have to start with your first online nickname. My first online nickname is Vel, but it's from Velociraptor, which was my Minecraft name. Your True. Minecraft name is DartSRT4. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought I had Origin before that, the EA thing. Uh, I thought I had that before, and on there, my name is SRT Viper GTS 220. So, somewhere, somewhere around the time period of 2014. Well, because to be fair, even Race 07... That, that little sim game that I had, and I had that before, I had that before Minecraft, I think. Well, okay, so we got Minecraft in, it's either 2013 or 2015. It's... Uh, I thought it was 2014? I don't know. That, it's, I could go tell you, but... Eh. It's It's been so, so long, but yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm no better. I'm no better than she is. Whenever the first 1.7 came out, we were playing during 1.6.4. Yeah. And then literally a couple months later, 1.7 came out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so whenever that time frame was. Yeah. Actually, very much off topic, but have you seen that new Minecraft update? Yes. What was it? The caves uh, and... Caves and cliffs. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm finally... Because I'm a miner and fighter in Minecraft, so I'm a miner. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, but... But having that new caves and cliffs update makes me happy because I'm like, yes, more interesting caves. 
and and cliffs. I don't care so much about that. Well, actually, I should. I should because I always build my house on top of a mountain. Yeah. So if we get some more interesting cliffs, and I'll be pretty happy with that. But the one thing that I still haven't seen in that update is the addition of dual wielding. Dang it. I want my dual wielding because the mobs are getting so much more powerful in Minecraft and the swords aren't. And I refuse to rely on enchanting. <laughs> I will get enchanting, but I refuse to rely on it. I want to be able to fight without that. That's why we have crossbows and bows and tridents. Yeah, but you know, to, to be fair, I feel the same way about the shield because the skeletons used to have stormtrooper aim. And then they got, <laughs> and then they got anti stormtrooper aim, and now you can't bob and weave and dodge them. like not once, not once. I I'd be okay if it was, they hit you, I don't know, two and two and a quarter times out of three, so you can still dodge them. No, no, <laughs> they're pretty much gonna hit you every single time, so you have to have a shield now. Now, granted, it's very useful. It's very very useful. I have learned that much, even against spiders, zombies, whatever. It's quite nice, but I don't like the fact that you can't dodge skeletons hmm. that that i'm not a big fan of but tangent aside the driving the driving <laughs> because I, how do we get on minecraft how do we get to minecraft from driving but yeah anyway so what has your general experience been with driving so far even though you haven't done it in exceptionally recent memory uh gosh it's been so long since i've driven i mean the last time i drove i think was last month maybe two months ago i think at least two months ago yeah what's the question again how how, <laughs> how has your experience been so far oh i mean like I do you have any notes about the car or roads or people on the road or, <laughs> like what what has your life been like on the road I mean, driving as a whole is kind of as I expected. I've had oh, really? I've had several dreams where I've driven a car way before I was even allowed to drive. And I know things you experience in a dream are not similar to how you experience them in real life. But the feeling of driving a car is pretty close to what I felt in dreams. The only difference is it's not in a panic. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I'm driving a car because something is wrong. <laughs> so it's nice to just uh, not have that pressure when driving, per se. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still the pressure of, you know, making sure you don't crash your car <laughs> and, you know, hit something. But, um, oh yeah, speaking of that, uh, it was unavoid unavoidable. I really tried. I had to hit a prairie dog. My first hit animal. I was so upset. Because <laughs> I... It, they, they have, like, no sense They of, have no self-preservation whatsoever. They don't. Prairie dogs They're like really, a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> prairie dogs really just don't care. They're so unaware. They'll go run into a road and... Stand, stand up. Stand up and look straight at you. And it's like, I can't, I don't want to, but I can't because my story, I'm either going to drive into a ditch or hit the car next to me. I have to hit you and I'm sorry. That re it reminds me of the time when we were on I-70, a very long time ago actually, before a lot of the construction was getting done. And a prairie dog ran into the lane beside us and it stood up and it clapped out Dodge Stealth. I'll never forget this. It was a Dodge Stealth. Ran over it, but I was I watched so intently. I could yeah. see the I could see the prairie dog fold under the I wheel. Know. And I can see the suspension compress as it goes over. And it was so and we were so young, we were just like, oh my god. We were like 13, 14? Yeah. We were young at that time. <laughs> It was so bad. For, I think for two seconds I saw the bit of blood just splatter out and oh then it was gone. It was it was so frightening. It's just like it's gone forever. Like because you see you're very used to seeing the aftermath of an accident like that. Right. You're never used to seeing it as it's happening. It's a, you're never used to seeing a prairie dog get scooped up by the wheel into the wheel arch and then drop on the pavement. Yeah. That doesn't happen. That was a 
it's it's funny to give about it now, but it was so sad. That was a crazy experience. Yeah, but there's so many in certain parts of where we live, just in the road. You really have to be careful. It's not the squirrels. It's not the raccoons, even though apparently they're around too. And I've never seen one. I have never seen a raccoon. Well, I've seen dead ones, but I've never seen <laughs> as roadkill, which is sad, but... It's like, oh my gosh. So, I mean, that was really interesting the day it happened when I, I literally couldn't avoid it. it. It wasn't the first time I had to avoid it. It was the first time I could not avoid it. It was the problem. <laughs> it was the first time it wasn't optional to not hit it. Yeah, because, I mean, there wasn't a road next to me. It wasn't a cliff, but it was like... A ditch. Not not a ditch, but just uh, sand and dirt, and it dropped off a little bit. And to the left of me was a car. And it was like the opposite size. Like, you know, one lane goes this way. Oh, like, yeah. It was, it's by the airport. <laughs> Yeah. Go, going off to go to FedEx. The, the, oh, the yeah. Area. Oh, no. Uh, and there was one later down the road again. I could avoid that one. <laughs> but I was just, why? And I'd already been driving for a couple months at that point. So I was like, I think I got this. And then new challenge. <laughs> Prairie dog approaches or whatever. It's, it's, like the, it's like the Pokemon situation cards on the old Nintendo games. Where it's like, oh, no. You have encountered another Pokemon trainer. Who are you going to use? Yeah. Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that was really interesting. Uh, oh, there was, I, I had something else I wanted to bring up, and I forgot. Because we were talking about the prairie dogs. Um, well, I want to ask, is steering the way that you thought it was? Is that, was turning the wheel the way that you kind of expected it to be? Kind of, I guess. I mean, I'm not really sure what I expected, but I don't think it was what I got, <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, it really puts into perspective, once you sit down in a car and you're the one driving for the first time, that this machine is in your hands and it not necessarily bends to your will, but- But it only does what you tell it to do. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if you're gonna start nudging the wheel sideways, the car is just gonna start nudging left. And it's not that I didn't know that, but it, once you feel it, it just really puts things into perspective. It's just like, wow. Yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of surprising when you start kind of how hyperactive the car was. It's like, right. oh, little movements actually make a difference. Because it's, it's sort of different when you're either playing on a wheel, like a proper wheel, or, well, sort of, not a proper wheel, but on a, on a controller, especially like if you're doing Forza on a controller. Or maybe even on a steering wheel. And it's like, okay, these little movements, they don't really do anything. I'm not really making that apex or I'm not really tur I'm not making that corner. But in real life, it's like, no, if you turn a quarter of an inch, you're probably straddling the lane. That's what's <laughs> happening. Or you're very close or you're very close to hitting the guardrail. That's so I, I agree with you there. The steering was different to me because there was a lot you needed a lot more input than I was expecting to make a, a relatively simple turn. It would, it would be like maybe a slight bend and you're turning like this. And I'm like, why why do I have to go this far? Shouldn't it be just like a slight, no, no. So you're going really, really far. You're turning the wheel quite a few degrees just to make what would seem like a fairly normal bend. And that's the one thing that really, really caught me off guard. Yeah. And then the next thing that really, really caught me off guard is how much effort it actually is to turn the wheel. Mm -hmm. Not that it's, not that it, the steering's heavier or anything. We're in a Tiguan with power steering, but the steering wheel is so big it takes so much time just to go in a circle, which is what kind of screws with me when I get back on my G920 because it's so small. It's just so easy to to turn the wheel. But that's that's what I kind of learned is that I wouldn't want to slide a Tiguan, not with a wheel that big because it would just be so cumbersome. Yeah. So wheel size really makes a difference. Steering wheel size absolutely makes a difference. That is underrated. Yeah. And I think that's kind of just 
kind of funny to think about is, I know it doesn't really translate well or mean anything, but when you look at the cartoons and they're driving, and you know, while they're just driving along, they're they're kind of turning the wheel every, every so often. They're not turning, they're going straight. Yeah. But they're just, you know, jamming along to the music and turning the wheel. And you know, in the real car, if you were to do that, you'd be swerving all over the place. Oh, yeah. It's just interesting to think about. Yeah, you'd be dancing in your lane or something. You'd, be, yeah. you'd look drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some cars, there's a lot of play in the steering, so you can do that in it, and it would be funny. Or you could do that accurately, but right. most cars, no. Also, with mom's car, the steering wheel's not perfectly straight when you're going straight down a road. It's mm. actually sort of like this. Right. It's at an angle, which reminded me of my bike when I busted <laughs> the steering all those years ago. So when right, I rode in crashed. a straight... Yeah. So, I rode, so when I was riding in a straight line, the, steer, the handlebars were kind of to the left, so my left hand was closer to me, and my right hand was a little bit further. But that, I that it reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, hmm, that's that is very, very hard, very, very odd. And the car hasn't been in an accident, so I was like, that's just, yeah, that's just strange. The one thing I I have to say though, the one thing that I hate about, at the very least, that I hate about the Tiguan, well, and to some extent, modern cars, because we also had a chance of driving that journey a little while back, right? Is that throttles that aren't well connected to the actual throttle body or to or have just a very poor connection like the very numb feeling really make it make it very very difficult to not just lay into the throttle when you're at a stoplight so you get going because i've i can't tell you how many times i've i've tried to get on it and nothing happens and then i get out a little bit harder maybe an additional 15 percent, and then it kicks down i'm like oh no i you know i don't want mom to think i'm speeding so i have to get off and then we just kind of don't go anywhere Right. Because it feel it feels like you're on the throttle, kind of. It feels like you're on the gas pedal, kind of hard, and you're not. The car is just a smooth waft of acceleration, but there's so little feel that it's hard to modulate it because it's so numb. And that's what I really don't like. That's what that's my biggest pet peeve with the Tiguan. It also wouldn't be as much of a problem if I didn't fear that mom was gonna think I was speeding <laughs> as much. Because I don't do the same thing when I'm driving with dad. I'm, I'm like, oh, well, if I'm accelerating a little bit too much, it, it is what it is. I can't tell I can't tell how much throttle input this is. I know it's just some throttle input, and hopefully it'll get us going a little bit more. But for, Mom, hmm? Mom's going to listen back to this podcast and be like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I don't speed. It's just hard to not go too far. But So dad had a, a 90s generation, a late 90s generation take, uh, not take one. Honda CRV, <laughs> and I enjoyed driving that more than more than the Tiguan, mostly because I could actually tell what the mess was going on, especially on the throttle. Because if you remember, it had a lot of resistance on the gas pedal, but I love that because it's like, okay, well, if I owe so much resistance, means owe so much throttle throttle input. It's accurate. It may not be accurate. It was just easier to judge. Yeah, I don't mean accurate as an actually accurate, but accurate for what you think it should be doing. Yeah, yeah, the perception was way way closer to what I. Actually, yeah, yeah. And so the brakes, the brakes were kind of touchy, but I was okay with that because it's like, okay, well then just don't, just don't stomp your foot on the on the brake like you're on a dance floor or something. You'll be fine. <laughs> the steering, oh, the steering was the best thing, one of the best things about that car. The brake, the sorry, the the gas and the steering was the best thing about Dad's CRV because you could just. It's gonna sound so cliche, but you could feel the road so much. I could feel the way the wheels were turning and what they were going over. It was so, it communicated so much yeah. through the steering rack and through the wheels that it was just a joy. It was awesome to drive because you could feel it. 
It was fantastic. And so when I go to the Tiguan, it's like, okay, this is easy. It's good. It's easy. But I feel nothing. <laughs> I feel so far removed. Like, it's like when someone holds you at arm's length. It's like, okay, you're a fine person. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go party with you, though. I'm not sure I'd want to bring you to a fun center or boondocks or, or e-liches or anything like that because I couldn't really, like, connect with you on a personal level about how fun this is or it, it just wouldn't be – the experience wouldn't quite be there. And that's sort of what it's like driving the Tiguan, both Tiguans, because – they're you know they have modern power assisted steering and bra the brakes are the best thing honestly about the current Tiguans except for except for when they wear because then because I don't know if you've noticed when mom's car when I think she needed her brake fluid changed the brake it took a lot more brake pedal to get to get it to really bite to get the brakes to really clamp down on the rotors which because I hadn't driven it for a while I was used to the brakes being fine with the brake well the brake fluid being fine. So there was good feel, it was easy to modulate, and not go too far. But when the brakes started getting worn, it was, it was like, oh, I have to, oh, I'm not slowing down. <laughs> yeah. It was such a weird transition because it, the feel had just not gone completely, but it had really degraded. The braking performance really felt like it degraded, and that was quite a surprise how, how, how big the difference was, how great the disparity was. But I love I love driving that. It was also small and had the the greenhouse, the windows. They were so big. It was so open and airy. I love driving that thing. It was weird. And it also had no power. I think you could see the road better in yeah, that car. Yeah, because you 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 don't sit you sit a I don't think you sit higher. It's just that the hood slopes the hood doesn't come up on the windshield as high. And because of because of that, in addition to it sloping down, you could see more. Yeah. Whereas with mom, whereas with the Tiguan. Everything is high up, like the belt line, so the cutoff for the window is much higher than on Dad's CRV, basically all the way around. So everything just it feels much harder to see. Yeah, much. Won't, won't someone think of the short people? <laughs> thank you, because I've been wanting that for ages, where the seat just goes up. And I know for like proper driving and for racing, you're supposed to have the seat as far down as possible, so you can feel. You feel the car better that way because you're not as isolated. But I'm sorry. If I can't properly see, I'm not happy. Yeah. I am not pleased with that. But you know, mom's whole thing is, you don't need to be looking right in front of your car. You need to be looking ahead of you. I'm like, but I need to be able to see what's in front of me so I don't accidentally run over something. And it gives me comfort. It makes me feel at ease. I can actually see more of the road. Yeah, exactly. Like, So you want me to curve the wheel by just climbing over a curb by accident because I can't see where it is. Yeah. Is that what you want? So... I think to a small extent she's right where it's not the most important thing but for really tight situations it is very very important because you have yeah. because there's so many blind spots because you can't see right in front of your wheel because you're not in an open wheel car yeah so like, being able to look down in those corners if you're tall is actually really really helpful but if you're short you're screwed five ways from Sunday. <laughs> you can't see. Yeah, mom had me drive to the, how was it, the car wash. Yeah. And yes. Yeah, God, I hated that. I hate the car wash. I hate that so much. I, I hate the car wash because when you go there, it's so narrow. The, the curb is really narrow. Yeah. It's, really, it's only one car. It's a like one car file line, which makes sense. Yeah, single file line. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. For, so the grease monkey we have over here, it's uh, one car wash. No, it's two car washes. So there's one on the left and one on the right. Mm -hmm. And you can just pull in. So there's room for you to... Navigate. To navigate and, you know, move your car left or right. But with this other one, 
it's there's grass next to you there's a curb you can't do that so i have such a hard time seeing the curb i'm like do i turn now i can't see yeah because it's not a straight shot from where you enter the car wash parking lot to the actual car wash there's a complete like yui almost it's not yeah. a tight yui but it is a u curb so i can't it's, it's a right angle essentially it kind of not really a right angle is sharp this is not sharp it's really round it's, it's i mean o- it's round but it's tight it's o- it's tight it's, it's ovalesque Maybe. But the point is, it, it's so tight, I can't see the curb. And I'm over mm-hmm. here trying to see, is it time to turn now? I can't tell. I don't drive over here often, so I can't tell if if the tree passes my mirror, it's now time to turn. I don't know. Yeah. I can't tell. It's so stressful. I hated, I hated even trying to trying to get the darn car into the, That's the car wash. Because it's, well, his mom's like, well, you don't need to be able to see. I'm like, but to get on the track... To pull the car, I need to be able to see. So I'm like, okay, do I turn just a little bit that way, just a little bit that way? So like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, it's not fine. I can't see what's happening, and I don't know how far in we are. That was that was one of the worst experiences I had driving. That was yeah. one of the worst. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I can't see anything, yeah. and you don't want me to have a scratch on your on the right rear tire because I got way too close to to the curb. And, and thankfully, they do have people standing there, and they they direct you, saying you need to move left a little or right a little. You can come forward now. They do, but just personally, I like to do it on my own and just be able to at least see for myself that yes, I do need to move left or move right. Yeah, you know, it's, you're, I'm putting a lot of faith and trust in a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> And, it, and I, I get it, it's their job. Of course, they're not going to steer into the wall, but you know. Yeah, I'd so. like seeing it for myself. I know. I'd like I'd like to see it with my own eyes, please. Thank you. It would just make it less stressful. Yeah. Yeah, that, I agree with you. That, I hated that with all my guts. And I think the, the worst, was that the worst part? No. No, because after, no, it was after we had to go park again, and then Mom wanted to clean, she wanted to vacuum the car a little bit, which was, that was kind of interesting. That was kind of fun. But yeah, I was, I was not pleased. No. After that, I was like, I don't want to do this again. And if we're going to do this again, I need you. To, I'm sorry. I need you to shut up. Just <laughs> let me let me handle this. Because you trying to tell me A, B, C, and D when I can't see anything is not does not help me. And it just freaks me out even further. Yeah. I don't I don't need this additional stress in this tight space. But there were some big trucks, like 2,500. And I'm like, okay, I can't get this little juicing take one around the corner. How are you getting a car that is the size of the, or a truck the size of the Titanic around these corners? You're not making it without getting a scratch on your rear, because the corner is so tight to it, turn It really in. is. It's just wide enough for your car to even exist there. Just. And it, it's like they didn't have trucks in mind at all whatsoever. <laughs> Dualies are too wide. The things that have the, like the four wheels at the back. Right. They wouldn't even make it. They no. couldn't. I don't think they'd be able to go inside. And they wouldn't be able to make the turn. But this frightening thing is that automakers are continually to be like, yeah, we're making cars bigger and larger and whatever. And it's like, why? <laughs> they, this infrastructure cannot house, cannot house your cars in, what, in any way, shape, or form. And I'm beginning to worry that cars, especially SUVs, like normal ones, are getting so big they're not going to fit in the garage. Because <laughs> the 1500 that I rode in last, last year's RMDE, I, no, no, it was 2018. But either way, the pickup truck... It was a 2019 Ram 1500. is is the, almost the size now of what a 2500 was in the early 2000s, and that thing could barely fit in a garage. So how frightening is it that we have a normal half-ton pickup that can't fit in a garage? And how much bigger are normal again normal SUVs going to get? Durango's, Traverses, and whatever. Because again, they're getting so big and they're getting so tall. 
are they going to be able to fit under a garage? I mean, they're, they're hardly able to fit in those multi-story car parks now, let alone garages. And I don't see houses getting bigger and bigger garages now to house those kinds of cars. So I, so the, to me, that's, I guess that would be my biggest question with the auto industry is like, do you look at the consumer housing market or do you look <laughs> at, do you look at people having these new infrastructures for car, for car washes and stuff? It's like, your cars aren't going to fit in any of these places if you're not careful, especially the models that are selling now, which is CUVs. So things like modern, the modern CRV, the Honda, no, the Toyota CHR, the Kia Sorento and Sportage and all that stuff. If you're not careful soon enough, that stuff's not going to fit. So what are you, you going to do exactly? And and I get it because people want more space in their interiors and I. I Leg room. Yeah, and that, and eventually there get there comes a point where you can't use clever ergonomics to fix that. Eventually, you're just gonna have to make the car bigger. But then you have people complaining, "Oh, we can't fit cars or anything like this anywhere." And it's like, well, yeah. So either you sacrifice leg room and stop complaining, or you be com- you be content with sitting your car outside. That's what you do. But yeah, that's that's worrisome. But that was, I agree, that was a terrible experience going through <laughs> going through the drive-thru. That was awful. The car wash. Sorry, yeah, the car wash. We've car not wash. been through a drive-thru yet. I have, actually. Have you? Yeah, I went to Chick-fil-A, actually, and I was I was oh, going wow. through the drive-thru. Yeah, I don't, I dislike that as well, but that wasn't so bad. Wait, I might have gone through a drive-thru, too. It may also have been Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, I was worried about the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, because even that has fairly, even that has fairly, uh, has a fairly tight corner. But yeah, that one that one wasn't so bad. But I should tell the story because I haven't actually done it yet, and I've been thinking about it, and I've been meaning to. Ooh, secrets. But no, no, not secret. Because if any of you look at my Instagram, you'll have known this happened. But when I was going to the Unser Carding event, and I saw that that test vehicle, that Ford F one fifty, that I was driving there, and I pulled a Yui to go back because <laughs> we passed it because we were like, oh, you know, are we gonna do it? Are we not? I decided, yeah, so we pull a U, we go back, and then one of the people who's putting a tarp over the cars, because they could see us coming, me and dad, like, yeah, you can't keep those photos, and that's against company policy, blah, blah, so they were, so he was like, yeah, I have to watch you, I have to watch dad, not me, but the guy, I have to watch you delete the photos off your phone, oh, that's wow. against, yeah, and that's against company policy and whatever, but thankfully someone, someone else, who I guess was one of the lead test drivers, was like, no, because... No, 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 it's fine because for all you know, for all we know, or you know, you're basically just driving through a hotel parking lot. You're not infringing on any of our spaces. You didn't get out of your car, walk up to these vehicles, hold your phone up to the window to get a shot in the interior. In the lot, in the eyes of the lot, you're basically just driving through a hotel parking lot. Like this is fine. This is <laughs> perfectly legal. And so that's how those photos actually. That's how we actually managed to keep those photos. And there were a few that did get deleted, but. I was, I was kind of, I would have been a bit disappointed if we had to delete those photos, all of them, but I was kind of content because I was like, okay, but this is still a cool story, and we did try. Like, yeah. we did go back and try to get the photos, but I'm glad that that other guy came along, and he was like, no, 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 in the line, you're basically just driving to a hotel parking lot. It's not, it's not like you came up to our property, stood on our property, and then took photos and stuff. That's not what happened. Right. So, but that's, but that's how that happened, and that was kind of... I was like, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble like that ever again. Right. <laughs> and I'm a scar person. It, it, me, but I was, but yeah, so that was, that was rather interesting. But yeah, so more context. So 
I was going to a go-karting event. It was an all-you-can-race that Unser Karting typically holds. I was driving because me and my dad were going to go get Wendy's to eat prior. And I just see this Ford F-150 with the typical test vehicle attire on it pull into pull into a hotel parking lot, although I didn't quite know that at the time. And so I was like, hmm, now isn't this tempting? I have my camera in the back. There's a test vehicle, and we got a little bit of time before the Unser event starts. Hmm. So <laughs> we, drove a, we drove down a little bit. My dad was like, okay, well, it's up to you. We can either go back or not. And I was like, yeah, let's go back. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> So we went back. He decided, nah, I'll just use, you know, I'll just use my phone. And so he did. And they, and they turned out good. They turned, the composition was a little bit, looking at him later, I was like, it's kind of like a little bit off to the side or whatever. But like, it, it doesn't matter. We got the photos. And yeah, and so when we pulled into the parking lot, there was a row of test vehicles. There was, I don't know, four new F-150s. There was a Bronco, a new Bronco, a two-door, a black two-door Bronco. That was doing high altitude testing. There was a silver Bronco Sport. I was doing some testing. And then a little bit down the ways when we were leaving, there were some new Ford Rangers, although I'm not sure if they were special or not. But yeah, they were there doing during high altitude testing. And so and that was the first time I had ever seen a row of test cars like that. In that way. Because I have seen about three, I think it was three Mopar test vehicles down in Adams a while ago, down by the Cork. Because that area used to be a hotbed as well. And there was three kind of in a row, and so I've seen that before. But an entire like squadron of test vehicles, I had never seen that before, and that, and so that I was like, oh my, that was, that was worth getting out for. Of course, the go karting thing would also be cool. But the funny thing was, after we left the Wendy's and we were getting on to, we were getting on to like two twenty five, although we would get back on I seventy. I saw a yellow Viper at, on the, <laughs> at at the intersection that we were using to get onto the highway and then they turned onto the highway unfortunately they didn't go on i-70 though so i didn't see it for long but it was a yellow gen 3 or gen 4 viper coupe with dual black racing stripes nice and i could tell and classic telltale sign of the viper is that side gill and i could see that from far away i'm like man you see that you see the test cars what a good day <laughs> what a good day already and we hadn't even done the go-karting we hadn't even done the go-karting so that was that already shaped up to be a pretty darn good day yeah, so see, now every time you're driving and you see a test car or a really cool car, and mom goes, you gotta drive by. It's like, who's driving? Who's in control? That's right. Turn around. <laughs> we're going back. Get in the picture. Yeah, that would be that'd be quite interesting. And the funny thing is, because there's a bit, little, little bit behind the scenes there. So I know another spy photographer in the industry, Robert Miller, of real fast photography, photo, like F-O-T-O photography, uh, or graphy at that rate. Um, and so he told me a little while ago hey ford chevy and what was it sorry not yeah ford chevy and dodge chrysler you know mopar were up somewhere in the mountains all at the same time doing some testing and there was a new c8 corvette z06 he was like oh well, you know could you go there because they're going to be gone by 7 a.m in the morning well the problem was i had i was going to pueblo that morning two hours away in the wrong direction mind you so i wasn't even gonna make it and it was also it was like 11 at night so there was no way i was gonna convince my mom in a few hours to get up to go a different in fact in in less time to get up before seven because that was when we were leaving for pueblo to get up before that to make it up to that place in the mountains to go and snap pictures of that so and you know he was like well if you want to be a spy photographer you know now's your chance and so i was like well I missed that chance and I couldn't do anything about it. 
And then later, we see all those four test cards. I'm like, oh, well, you know, God's good. So <laughs> thank you for giving me a second chance at that. And so that was quite good. Quite good. And then the go-karting, that was also... I also had fun there. I had a goal to, if some of you saw on Twitter, I put up a poll for what, what my new time was going to be. And I, I put up 30 seconds, 0.762 milliseconds as one of the guesses. The actual time I got was 30 seconds, 0.772 milliseconds. <laughs> I, was, I was 10 milliseconds off my guess. But, so I ended up getting the sub 31 lap time that I was hoping for. And I ended up getting pretty, pretty like mid-range-ish into the 30s. So I was really, really pleased about that. Um, and you might be asking if there's GoPro footage. There is GoPro footage of my of the first of the first race that I did, and there's no more footage beyond that because <laughs> the adhesive on the GoPro mount was so old, and I kind of I kind of figured this, but it was so old that it just lost grip, and over one of the crests on the track, it just fell off. It fell off. But the funny thought, the funny part is that the GoPro was still recording. It didn't die. So it's nine minutes. It's like four. It's almost five minutes of GoPro. Uh, uh, sorry, go-karting footage. And then five, about four minutes of it sitting there and then getting picked up by one of the employees because I had to. I was trying to turn it off when I came into the pits. And I did that sweeping motion over my helmet. And I'm like, I just hope it's not broken. I figured, this was, I figured it was going to happen sooner or later. I just hope it's not broken, though. And so... Right. The GoPro wasn't broken. It was fine. It was still recording to a testament of its uh, durability. So that was pretty great. And it still works. Yeah, it still works. And so that was awesome. But it, I find it interesting that you say the driving was more or less how you expected it. Because in my dreams, it's, it was always less steering input. It was always less steering input than normal. And also, most of my driving dreams are kind of nightmares. Because it's always the brakes don't work or, <laughs> or you're not steering enough. It's always something bad. For the most part. So, actually, when I actually got in the car, it was like, okay, the brakes are kind of touchy. And there's a lot more steering input than necessary. And I have no feel for the throttle whatsoever. I, I'm, I'm either at 20%, which isn't moving, or 45%, which might make mom slap my leg. <laughs> so, that was that was kind of a unfortunate balance. But, yeah. Um, the drive, Yeah. The car wash was awful. I saw some Ford test cars, which are on my Instagram right now and on the Fastlane Truck website. It's under a video article, which is pretty awesome. And they, they asked me for it. To be fair, I tagged them on Instagram. I knew full well what I was doing. <laughs> I knew, I kind of figured that they would want it. So I was like, I'm just going to sneakily tag them and see if they bite. <laughs> they bit. <laughs> That's fun. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. So it wasn't that they, they came out of nowhere. It's like, nah, nah. I, I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> so <laughs> my plan worked beautifully. So it now worked. they're going to listen to the podcast and be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe. So it worked exactly as I planned it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that went out. That was fun. Um, I will say the driving, I've been, I've been kind of enjoying. I've been, actually, no, I've been enjoying it a lot. Especially of now, you have. well, well, I wasn't really enjoying it at the beginning for the highway stuff because it was like, yeah, because mom was like, yeah, you got to merge at forty miles per hour on a sixty-five mile per hour highway, and she was like, well, why are you looking back? And I'm like, because I, you're not allowing me to speed up, and I got to figure out who I have to brake for <laughs> because I'm not going to be able to pull out in front of them because I'm, I'm not allowed to go faster. Um, but then that got relaxed greatly, which was awesome, and so now I can merge properly, 
which I love because it's way less stressful and it's so much easier. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, some of the areas around here, we have a real infrastructure problem because getting onto the toll road from uh, from 56, the Prairie the prairie Dog Road. Yeah. Okay, behind behind that those former friends' house and then out to... Because <laughs> I don't know if you know what Piccadilly is, but... Kind of, not really. The, okay, so the mailbox. Yes. And then that road, the Green Valley Ranch. Because that's what that is, the fire station, where it goes yeah. up to... Okay, that's Green Valley Ranch Boulevard. You take it down past the pool out here. Yeah. Okay, you go all the way down to the end where James's house Yeah, just is. say that. I know where yeah. that is. Okay, you go to James's house, and they have that road that goes like that. It just stopped. Yes. Okay, that's Piccadilly. Okay. You go left, you go down, then you have 56th. And so that's why we did that one day, when we took that down to the, like, the back end of right. E470. And that on-ramp gives you about 200 feet to merge... Which is awful because it's on a curve. So you have to merge and then kind of continue turning. And you have to, and that bit of highway is like 65 miles per hour. So you have 200, so you have 200 feet, not to get to 65 miles per hour because they had a proper on ramp prior to that. But at 65 miles per hour, you have 200 feet to get into the next lane or die via. <laughs> die by a shoulder <laughs> that's those are your two options and as a new driver who who kind of wasn't allowed to go up to the speed limit sort of it was like oh this is gonna be so bad so bad like that nothing good can come from this can we also just talk about how you called it the prairie dog road so i know where you were talking about can we talk about how we don't really know streets that well well you you know less than i do but yes it's yes so funny so we both know how to get to our uh the several starbucks around here our barnes and nobles our drama juice our costco and other things like that but if you Co ask us what roads to take to get there we couldn't tell you yeah we honestly couldn't and i think because both of us have agreed on this point that our problem with with trying to remember the street names is that they always change no, Everywhere, no? Well, yeah, they do. They change because the thing is, Green Valley Ranch Boulevard, the fire, the the road by the firehouse, doesn't stay Green Valley Ranch when you get into the Montbello where Bank of the West used to be. I mean, okay, it changes. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's not my problem. I just never paid attention enough to know what the street names were. I paid attention enough to know where things are and how to get there. Yeah, and you know, oh, take this exit, it'll take you to Costco. Take this exit, it'll take you to Java Juice. But I just never bothered learning the names <laughs> of those exits. See, I just, I just can't remember because there's so many. I just, I just remember like the way the road goes and then the visual association with everything that's around. Yeah, landmarks. Yeah, exactly because. Again, Green Valley Ranch Boulevard doesn't stay that way mm -hmm. when you get down to Montbello. It's only like the big highway systems that stay the same and are kind of ubiquitous. So I-70 goes from goes out to by High Plains, sort of, or goes out to Jefferson Courthouse. Then you have 225, which goes down to Jamba Juice. You have 25, which goes down to the Park Meadows Mall or Maggiano's. So the ones that stay the same for, or 25 also goes down into the city, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, and actually, uh, 25 also will take you down to, like, Loveland and those places. Where's, tw where's 25? <laughs> 25, okay. Uh, so you know Micro Center. Yes. You know Micro, okay, so you know that highway. Yes. And you know when you go left, you exit left, and you have that tunnel? Yes. Okay. But Ikea. Yeah, to Ikea. Yeah. The road to Ikea, that's 25. Oh. That road goes down to Colorado Springs, goes down to Pueblo. Okay. Going north, it'll go... It'll go up to Cinzetti's. Mm -hmm. That's 25 as well. Right. It'll go up to Loveland. It'll go up to Fort Collins. It'll go into Wyoming. I don't know if it's still 25 in Wyoming, but it goes... <laughs> so 25 makes sense to me because that's just one big highway that just goes north to south. That's it. I-70. That just goes east to west or west to east, depending on how you're going. 
So those those make sense to me. But let's say any any street names in you know I don't know trying to go to Costco maybe that doesn't make sense to me with those because <laughs> they'll a they're all nonsensical names all nonsensical names and there's so there's just so many of them because because mom and dad will sit on like one one street name I know they I I know I've heard of and then some other one that I've never heard of before it's like why does that why does that go so far so they're just they're minor streets to me that go too far to. Nowhere in particular that is important to me. Right. So it's hard to make a distinction of, oh, because like Tower makes sense. Tower goes up to Walmart. Yeah, I know where Tower is. Tower goes up to Reunion. Okay. So that, but that, but it's also like a lifeline road or a lifeblood <laughs> road. Tower is pretty much the road that makes GBR work, mostly. Okay. G, uh, Green Valley Ranch, similar thing. That makes Montbello and out here work. Okay. That makes sense to me. But getting off a of Tower, like the back end to get into. Like when we leave Chick-fil-A right. and we don't go just up to like, I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't know the road names for that because it's such a nonsensical road. It's like you just follow it until you get back onto the normal main road. Yeah. So it just, so I don't, it's, it's hard for me to keep track of those names because they don't really, they don't really go anywhere. And there's so many intersections. It's like, I, I, all, I, all I know is that this, is that Costco is the exit before that other bank of the west yeah. that we never go to ever. And then you take that road and then you go on the exit where there's another bank on one side and then a, like a bank of the west TCF thing on the other side. Yeah, or it's like that Dragon Boat is after, not straight after, but a, the exit to, to Dragon Boat is after Jamba Juice, not right yeah. after. Or, 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 if you're, or if you're like me, is after where Toys R Us used to be. Yeah. Because that's... Because I, I do get those areas kind of confused a little bit as well, but it's like, no, 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 it's after Toys Because Dragon Boat doesn't seem like it'd be that far. I don't know why I it's know. just not that far, but it actually is because it's after Toys R Us. You have to go basically like 15% of the way to Park, to park Meadows before... Or at the very least, 15% of the way to Maggiano's before you're actually at Dragon Boat. Yeah. But Or, or like, uh, what was the bowling place? We, the first one. Oh, we, Brunswick. Uh, yeah, Brunswick. What the mess road is that? I don't know. I don't remember. But I'll tell you what. I can get you to the bowling place in my sleep. Thank you. Exactly. I can't tell you how to get there. And if you tell me how to get there, I won't know what you're talking about. But I can't drive us there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. It's the same way. But yet, there's, there's so many of them. They're all nonsensical and there's so many juicy intersections. It's like, why don't you just say... Because we can all see the buildings, like, I, I'm sorry, blind people. We all have eyes. We can all sort of see. So you, so you say, because Toys R Us now is before the IHOP. Yeah. And then you have to go well past IHOP just to get to King Supers. Not to King Supers, Costco. Costco. Yeah. <laughs> There's a King Supers over there, but it's not True, right but it's, there. Yeah. But again, there's just so many. It's just easier to make a mental note of the, of what the area looks like. Yeah. That's way more distinctive than any name they could come up with. Because, again, unless it's one big road that everyone uses for everything and it's basically like the heartbeat of the state, I'm not sure I'm going to know. Because here's the thing. I know what the M4 is. I know the M5. I know the A303 in Britain. Why? Top Gear. <laughs> and the M4. But the M4 is one of the big highways and it's always got construction. It's got a bunch of speed cameras, though. Britain also has a bunch of speed cameras. But I know those roads. Why? Because the M4, the M4, and its subsequent other roads basically go the whole way around Britain, for the most part. The M4 is Colorado's I-70. Okay. That's what those highways. Where's I-70? Huh? Where's I-70? When you get off at when you get off at Walmart to go onto the highway. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> or when you or to go down the Hoo Hot. Yeah. That's also I-70. Or go to the post office. Post it's before, but it's the same road. You can either go left and and get on the get up on the other highway 
and keep going left and go to Jamba Juice, or you can go straight and go to Hoo Hut. Yes. Yes. Yes, that one. The overpass is not I-70, but the No, normal, I know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, that, <laughs> but, those, but those make sense because those are major highways that house a bunch of people and go to multiple different places. They're, they're, they're obvious. Right. Yeah. But the smaller little British back roads, I don't know. I don't know that. Because I don't know the roads out here, let alone the ones out there. I know. Because, okay, in our, in our cul-de-sac, there's a road, technically. It's, there's a name to it, right? Uh, yeah. I have no idea what it is. But, yeah, the road out here, it definitely has a name. I think I've seen it on Google Maps, but I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that at all, unfortunately. But, yeah, so... No, I mean, I know, I know the roads to get to Jamba Juice, Costco, Stapleton, not Stapleton, I mean, yes, yeah, Stapleton, but, you know, the moving stuff, like the back of my hand. Yeah. Ask me to put names on that stuff, I have no idea. I'm lost. Yeah. I just... <laughs> yeah. Why don't you, because New York uses, they have a grid system, so then they, oh. so, so it's like 59 East or 59 West or whatever, so it sort of makes sense, right? This, but the problem is that it's New York, so there's a lot of those. So I think it would be, I think with New York, they've got it right where it's a grid system. So in that case, it makes sense. The problem is that the grid is so big, you your brain would explode trying to figure out, tr- trying to memorize all parts of the grid. But I think that makes sense rather than naming naming some road John McClane Road. Like, who is that? Why should I care? And why did you name it that? I don't understand. Now, now, you have, an, you, have you actually have a street name. Uh, Cody. It's not after you specifically. Oh yeah, the Cody name. Yeah. It is your name. Okay, I okay that I remember, and that I remember where it is. Yeah. But only because I can relate to it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone else going down that bit of highway would know or care. Like, oh, what? Where's Cody Street or Cody Avenue or whatever it was? <laughs> but they have what's the one? What's the one on that state? No, I thought it was Progressive, but there's a commercial around. Where it's something street is the most used name in the U.S. Oh, I have no idea. It's, oh, mess. Uh, like park, park something. And it's like, okay, well, if it's the most used name in the U.S., how the mess am I supposed to know which park, whatever street name, how am I supposed to know that that name is supposed to be for this street you're talking about? If it's used basically everywhere. Like, I, like wouldn't that just be a Google, a Google Maps nightmare? You type in that name and a, <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of addresses come up and it's like, no, no, no. I didn't even know this place existed. No, no, no. Like, how are you supposed to know? What the mess? So, yeah. Nah, I, I dislike that. I dislike that greatly. But I suppose now, because we've been very much rambling, I I have a one note of, of topics I wanted to talk about. We should, now, we, now we should try and, Oh, get on track? A little bit, yeah. After an hour and two minutes? Yeah. Now? Yes. Are you sure now's a good time? Now is the perfect time because we talked about nonsense for I don't know. Hour. I think we should wait another 30 minutes. <laughs> no, nah, nah, you can do that. But, <laughs> so, are there going to be more interviews? Yes. Yes, there's going to be more interviews. Yes, Absolutely. Really? I yeah. have no idea you're going to take it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the joke, but... I'm being yeah. sarcastic because, of course, you're going to do more interviews. Well, yeah, but, I mean, because the, the last one I had done was, the last interview I did was the Uconnect 5 one, which has been, it's been right. a little while since then. So, yes, again, we're gonna I'm going to be doing more interviews, and those will be coming. It's just, I'm an introvert. I don't, I kind of don't like reaching out to people like that, and also, I forgot that I wanted to do the I-71. So, oh, yeah. I still need to read up on that, because the thing is, I-70 right now, a little bit of a history lesson, is undergoing changes at the moment they're trying to widen it because the viaduct 
by the Perina thing, that's called the viaduct because it's an elevated part of the highway. Right. Uh, has been around for 56 years. Oh gosh. It's been around since 1960. And if you and wow. there's, I have a photo saved, and I I follow the Denver History account because that was interesting, uh, on Instagram. The on and off ramps to get off the highway look a little different, but the viaduct itself looks exactly the same. That stretch of I-70 looks exactly the same. Even the Perina place was still there in the 1960s. <laughs> so pretty much nothing has changed outside of the on and off ramps and then the surrounding area. And so that so I-70, that portion of I-70 right now, which is I-70 West, is really, really outdated. And so there's a current project right now to change it, fix it, make it better. And so what they're doing is rather than it being about 15, 15 20 feet above ground level now, they're going to put it 15, 20 feet below. So it's going to be sort of like a tunnel. And so being the journalist that I am and also the fact that I dislike America's infrastructure, well, their lack of infrastructure, I should say, uh, <laughs> I wanted to do an interview talking about it. And I wanted to look, I wanted to do some research and see if there was anything that wasn't, uh, wasn't brilliant and then ask some hard hitting questions to see, hey, what the mess is wrong with it or what the mess is up with this, right? Like what is happening here? Uh, I haven't gotten around to that yet, unfortunately, and part of the reason for that is because of this October, this doggone October series that I've been doing, and each time I've had to cram, and I've wanted to take multiple weekends off now, not multiple weekends off in a well, yes and no, but each weekend I've wanted to take off so I could, I don't know, fix my Spotify thing, or learn more about myself or something, and it's like, <laughs> nope, you lazed about on Friday or maybe Thursday, and now you gotta cram everything on the weekends. So learn more about yourself. Learn you have a new car. You're like, <laughs> maybe, maybe for a while I had a, I had a thing for Sunbeam Tigers, and I was trying to figure out what kind of Mopar engines you could swap into that. In fact, little side note, for a while, one night I, so I, I want a Sunbeam Tiger or maybe an Alpine and turn it into a Tiger, and I was like, okay, but I don't want the Ford engine in there because obviously I want a Mopar engine in there. So I was like, okay, is there a classic Mopar engine from the '60s, '50s, maybe the '70s? that's small, light enough, but potent enough so that the weight distribution is not spoiled and would actually fit in the engine bay of a Tiger. So something to match your personality? No, just something that wouldn't ruin the handling of the car. I'm sassing you. Oh, oh. <laughs> and so, You're small and potent enough. I'm like, you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got a big booming voice, so maybe. But... <laughs> just chuck you into the car bay. Just... Yeah. So that, so that ended up being a, about a three, no, two and a half hour research mini project that was completely unsanctioned and unplanned <laughs> for me trying to, with me trying to find old Mopar engines that would maybe fit into it. Well, it was trying to figure out which engines I'd want, then figure out how heavy they were, then figure out the dimensions of them, then compare that to a 289 Ford V8 and see if it was even viable, which I did not finish that project. Because I, it was late and I did not find much data, but... I think I had, I kind of decided on maybe an LA engine or the the firepower V8s in ver, in one of its one of its iterations. I I kind of narrowed it down to that, but yeah, so that happened. But yes, I want to do the I seventy thing, but I've been doing the the creepy car stories thing this uh, October. Yeah, this October for the past few weeks, and we got two more videos coming out of that because unfortunately there's another weekend this month on the thirty first, which I'm. Not pleased about because that means I have to do one more video, <laughs> <laughs> one more video than plans. That's not great. So five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, five juicing weeks of 
of that nonsense. Your calendar is so out of date. It's yeah. February. Well, not only that, it's from 20... Oh, wait, it's 2020? Okay, it you, is. Well, the thing is, it only went that far, because it's actually a 2019 calendar. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Take it down. I, I just haven't bothered. I, I like the photo. But... <laughs> Yeah, so we'll do that. Just haven't quite gotten around to it yet. I got a few other things planned. I actually did try. I have actually tried to schedule in an interview. It's just that the people I was trying to schedule an interview for are on the road right now. And I've started seeing evidence of that because right now the FCA people for the TRX, the Ram 1500 TRX program, are doing media stuff in California at the moment. So I was like, oh, so that's what my FCA media contact was telling me about. That's what they were doing. And, and I was just a little bit salty. I was like, oh, and didn't tell me that maybe they'd be in California and that maybe I was invited to go to that media drive <laughs> thing. I was like, why didn't you tell me about that? <laughs> I don't think I, I could have gone. I don't think I would have made it. But it's, a, it, it's a thought that Exactly, counts. exactly. exactly. I, was like, I would have liked to know. I would have liked to have been in the know, know about that because the same thing happened, I think it was last year, when Dodge unveiled the Challenger 1320 and they did a media thing at Bandamere. <gasps> they did it at Golden, and I didn't get an email about that. Wow. And I was like, I could have made that. I could have actually made it to that event. But that's why I'm so that's why I'm so salty. <laughs> that's why I'm so salty about not having the phone. Because if I had the phone, I could make the FCA media account because you need a phone number. And maybe I'd get an email telling me about that oh. so that I could make events like that when they're in the state. Oh, you should have begged mom for a phone ages ago. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But I knew it wasn't going to happen and that wouldn't be good enough justification. So. I mean, I've alluded to that. I have said that multiple times. It's like, yeah, then I'd actually be able to make a media account for that. But yeah, so that, that was the saltiest I had ever been. <laughs> that was the saltiest I'd ever been about something like that. It's like, I could have made it. It was in my state. In my for state. For the first time in ages. Yeah. I, first time in ages. I actually would have been able to make a media event like that and I didn't know about it. I just didn't know. I was so salty. I was so displeased. I was like, if, all, if only I had a phone number because it's required. So you can't even make an account. You can't even make an account without it. Yeah. Uh, yes, that <laughs> that that did make me pretty salty. And then the TRX thing happened. I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit salty because again, you didn't tell me, but I couldn't have made it anyway, so it matters far less. <laughs> so I'll give it. I'll give it a pass this time. So <laughs> circumstances wouldn't have allowed me to go in the first place. Just start keeping so. a list of all the things FCA has not personally contacted you about. <laughs> right, right, but yeah. So yeah, you guys do have more interviews to look forward to, though. I just gotta get out of this month and all the spoopy nonsense, and then I can get back to work on other things I want to work on, including other video projects that I've had since about late September that I haven't quite finished yet. <laughs> so let's talk about the current automotive landscape, because this is a car podcast, ultimately. Are you sure about that? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're not going to pull a top gear and never, ever talk about cars ever, never, no matter what. <laughs> I think the first 10 minutes begs to differ. Uh-uh. So I have a topic that I wanted to talk you know, the current automotive landscape and how I feel about that. And let's talk about this aspect of it. I do not like the CUV craze. I don't like how everyone's buying Tiguans and Tiguans, CRVs, Sportages or Sportages, I think, as they were called in Britain, Sorrentos. Well, not even the Sorrentos, because those have been around for a while. But things like the Toyota CHR, the Chevrolet Trailblazer, a lot of your really small CUVs, nah, not a fan. But the thing is, I think car enthusiasts aren't the thing, and I was talking about this just a little while ago. It's good to it's good to have 
a perspective or have a foot in both worlds because car enthusiasts, I think, tend to give normal consumers a bad rap and think that normal consumers, when it comes to cars, are stupid. And to be fair, that there's some precedent for that because consumers won't read their own uh, owner's manual. They're not going to do the proper service intervals. They're, they're going to buy more car than they need or buy the wrong car or let a salesman persuade them into buying the wrong car. It, let, let me make that perfectly clear. It's not that the general consumer does not do less than intelligent things when buying a car. That absolutely happens. But the argument that I, I see so, so often from car enthusiasts, including Chris Harris, who is my favorite automotive journalist, is that CUVs, they're less efficient than normal sedans. They drive worse than normal sedans. They're irrationally more expensive and the like, right? And I think some of those things, specifically the irrationally more expensive, is the best argument they've got because I've had this argument on, I think it was Drive Tribe and Car Throttle a handful of times. And the things that the thing that car enthusiasts tend to forget or, or frankly just willfully ignore is that most CUVs are actually pretty good these days. Like, how's your driving experience been with a Tiguan? It's not unwieldy. It's not hard to drive. Yeah, it's pretty easy, right? Yeah. Handles well enough, has enough power. Like, it's fine, right? Yeah, it's pretty fine, honestly. And that's the thing is that from a normal consumer perspective, even if it's true, even if car guys are right, car enthusiasts are right, that CVs don't handle as well as sedans and aren't as fuel efficient, the reality is that's kind of only going to be exemplified in really extreme situations. For normal everyday commuting, which is what most normal buyers are doing, they drive more than well enough and more than car-like for that not to be an issue. So to say, oh, well, they don't handle as well is, is true, but is a little bit disingenuous because that's acting like they don't, they don't drive as well in all situations, which isn't true for normal driving, normal commuting down a highway or in the city. They drive just as well, more than fine. So that's not, so that's not really a good reason. Then you say fuel efficiency. Well, there are some that aren't very fuel efficient, but I think Mazda, Honda, Toyota, not really Nissan, but definitely the Asian manufacturers, they've got fuel economy down for their CUVs. They're getting them up into 30, maybe 35 MPG, darn nearly 40. So they are less than some sedans, yeah, but for perceived added practicality and preferred looks, their normal consumers aren't really suffering that great of a loss. Not like they would in a Durango, a Tahoe, or even cars like this a few years ago. Like the Journey is a great example because that still has a four-speed automatic, I believe, which is just the most archaic thing I've ever heard in my life. But and so I, well, I think enthusiasts to an extent are right. They're not as right as they, they might think they are because they're forgetting that most normal, no, most normal car buyers are not doing the things that we as car enthusiasts are doing. So it just doesn't matter as much to them. But then you have a, you have normal consumers saying, oh, you know, SUVs are safer because they're bigger. They have more metal, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, CVs and SUVs are certainly safer now. And perhaps with the added metal on top of the proper safety practices, they are safer than a normal car to an extent, but more metal doesn't guarantee more safety. You look at the Jeep Wrangler, you look at classic pickup trucks, you look at the Hummer, that had more metal than most than most sedans did, but the way that it was constructed from a safety perspective was vastly inferior, so that didn't necessarily make, make it safer, it just meant you had more metal between you and the object, but that didn't mean that that metal was built better to keep you safe, was built more intelligently to keep you safe because it very much didn't. Jeep Wrangler is a great example of that.
But yeah, so the automotive landscape currently, I'm not that big of a fan because I'm personally I'm a sedan guy, a sedan, a hatchback, a hot hatchback especially. So I don't want more CVs. Like I don't need, I don't feel the need personally for a CV. I just don't need something that big, and I don't really, I don't want something that looks that way. But that's unfortunately the way that things are going. And then I. I watched an interview, not an interview, a review about the new Aston Martin DBX, and apparently it's actually half decent, which I'm a little bit surprised. I'm outside of the fit and finish, but as far as its dynamics goes, it's actually pretty good. So, you know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised with that. I really am. I thought the DBX would be awful. I thought the Cullinan, the Rolls Royce, would be awful. Nope. I thought the Pentagio would be awful. Apparently not. They're just way, way too expensive. But I, I think I sort of agree with Chris Harris that these automakers at a certain point in time might look back on this period and be like, mm, that was kind of a mistake to cash in on it for, you know, little to no reason other than money. And I think it's Ferrari especially might not like that. But a lot of car enthusiasts like to say, oh, well, you know, the Porsche Cayenne was the first of this breed of this was the first of sports car manufacturers making SUVs. And they're the ones that ruined it for everyone. But Porsche was different. Porsche was on was on the brink of bankruptcy in the early 2000s and they needed something, a volume seller, however that however high that volume was, that would give them enough money to work on the things they genuinely wanted to work on. So that enthusiast would still have a Porsche even now. And that's what the Cayenne was. So, well, I, I think the Porsche Cayenne now looks awful and I think the early Porsche Cayenne looked awful. The 2011 model, that face looked one, that was the best looking Cayenne they ever made. I love the way that that one looked. Or I liked it significantly more than most of the other ones. Uh, and again, while I think to an extent, yeah, the Cayenne was the first of this of this mentality to of uh, the first of this mentality for sports car manufacturers to start making SUVs, which pretty much goes every goes against everything they stand for. Porsche needed that. Porsche one hundred percent needed to make a vehicle like that to stay afloat. So I don't really blame them for that one. That one's kind of fair enough. And Aston, you know what? They're in the same boat. Now that I think about it, they really are in the same boat because they're struggling too. And they need an SUV. They need an SUV as bad as anyone else to keep them going. Jag, you know what? They're in the same boat. Although, to be fair, I think the F-Pace looks really, really good. That is a good-looking SUV. But Jag is also struggling for sales. And they need an SUV. They need something that will attract buyers more so than their sedans because they're not selling. But Ferrari... They don't need one. Bentley, they don't need one. Rolls-Royce definitely doesn't need one. Lamborghini is a weird is weird to think about because they were selling more than enough Huracans. They were selling more than enough Aventador. Aventador. So why make the Urus? They they're definitely one of the few manufacturer or one of the handful of manufacturers now that didn't need an SUV. Especially because to me it goes against their bottom line of being low volume, exclusive, rare production or performance cars and while they there are they are doing that to an extent with the urus it wasn't necessary they didn't really need that honestly i kind of wish they'd make a hatchback but that's what you have that's what you have say at or a hot hatchback i should say but that, again is what you have say and vault and not volvo uh, volkswagen for so yeah but and then also i'm not sure anyone would want a lamborghini hatchback that was still like hundred and twenty thousand dollars <laughs> No one's going to, or maybe it would be 60000 but no one's going to spend that much. No one, very few people would genuinely want to when that's kind of flying in the face of what a hot hatch is supposed to be, which is 
great performance. Great performance, not not necessarily power, but supercar level fun for normal everyday prices. That's why the golf is so. That's why the golf is so successful in other cars of its type. Let's talk about that. Why aren't there more hot hatches in America? God dang it, we need more. I want the set. No, I want the Cupra Leon. I want the Volvo. No, the Volkswagen Polo GTI and the Polo R. We got the Focus RS, but that's the only thing we got. We're not getting the new Focus, uh, Fiesta ST, which is a travesty. Uh, rhyme. We need more hot hatches in America. Like, why? But, you know, you can say that. We need more ABCD, but the reality is is that American consumers don't buy really tiny cars like that. They're not, they don't really buy... They don't really buy the Fiesta. They don't really buy... What is it? What was the other one? They didn't really buy the Spark. They didn't really buy the Fiesta. Americans just don't like the subcompact market, and they kind of don't like the compact market as it is. Now, to be fair, compact cars have gotten bigger, but so it's all well and good. It's all well and good to say we need we need more of this, we need more of that. You know, we need more European style hot hatches. But what what segment do European hot hatches typically occupy? Well, to an extent, subcompact or compact. Now, thankfully, we have the Honda Civic Type R. I'm happy about that. Renault's not here, so we're not going to get them again. Although, I don't think many people would buy that. But I'm hoping that through Peugeot, we're finally going to get some kind of GTI thing. And if some of you saw on Ralph Jill, Jill's Instagram, he just got a, I think, a 206 1.9 GTI. Which is very, 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 very timely considering the Stellantis merger between them and between FCA and PSA. So, that's what I'm hoping for. Because I really, really want that. But... I don't know. And then another part of the new automotive landscape is this, this the, the horsepower wars that aren't just limited to muscle cars now. And I, I've thought about this in relation to a Viper successor. And my, I, I, I kind of like, I think it was Gordon Murray's stance and McLaren's stance. They wanted a, a lightness war who could make the lightest car, which I kind of like that. That's kind of a good idea. But I, I also like Chris Harris's outlook where it's like they're you know they're just cramming more and more and more into these cars and they're sort of they're sort of ignoring the experiences the sensations when you're driving for all out all outright performance and so in context of the viper i've kind of come to the conclusion that i don't if they do make a new viper i don't want it to be the most powerful now which is kind of flying in the face of what the viper always was but we're getting to a point where cars are getting they're kind of getting you know it's the obvious question of, is there such thing as too much horsepower? And I'd say, yes, to an extent, but more so, there's certainly too much horsepower when it flies in the face of driving pleasure, driving fun, sensation, that kind of thing. I think that's, in that case, absolutely. And so to me, I, what car is, what is one of the most beloved cars of the last three years from auto journalists? It's not the 911 GT2 RS. It's not any of these high horsepower things. It's the Alpine A110 with 240 odd horsepower. Why? Because it's one of the best driving driving experiences from a car that we've gotten in a while. And and for me, I want the Viper to go down that route because the Viper was kind of always you know going back to basics, the Cobra style, the rawness and that sort of thing. And so rather than going all out power now, I'd rather they really dip into that side of the market it might not sell as well it might sell even less than it might sell even less than the than the 
outgoing Vipers did. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't have an increase in power. I'd love for them to make 760 horsepower with a new 7.6 liter, 7.3 liter V10. I'd love that. I want them to do that. But outside of the additional power, make the car, make that new Viper even just the best Viper ever. Make it the best Viper to drive and one of the best driving experiences there's ever been, which the Viper kind of already is. In, if you ask a hand, if you ask a specific group of people, so the current automotive landscape as a whole, I don't like the the current and continual onslaught of CUVs, especially because the market is getting saturated at the moment. But some people need these CUVs more than others. Nissan's kind of one of them. FCA is absolutely one of them, but they're taking too much time and putting these these CUVs in the wrong brands. Um, the horsepower wars are fun and interesting. I dislike how we're kind of moving away from the sensations of driving, though, and it's just kind of all-out, outright performance rather than the feel. Uh, I thought there was one more. There's one more thing I talk about, but yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of mixed. I I do love the product that's coming out, though. It's really, it, it's great. It's just insane, especially when you look at the horsepower wars, because you have. We all remember multiple people from a while ago saying. Oh, you know, we're going to lose V12s, we're going to lose V10, you know, big V8s. And we're starting to do, we're starting to lose that now. And you have people who have rose-tinted glasses looking back in, on the 70s. And, like, that was the golden age of muscle cars and some and the golden age of some cars. And it's like, that was a golden age. But I think this is a new one because look at the Challenger Hellcat Red Eye. Look at the Challenger SRT Demon. Look at the wide-body Challengers. Look at the Shelby GT500. Look at the GT350. Look at the Mach 1. Look at the all the Camaro stuff that's coming out. We finally have a mid-engine Corvette, even though that's not a muscle car. So, I think we're, we're in a pretty interesting age of cars right now, as it is. And what's even more interesting is that, especially with Chevrolet and kind of Ford, with, with their pony cars, as they're called, they're moving, it would appear, to a more European-style to two more European-esque looks and then I looked at the new M4 and to some extent the new 4 Series and that car is bulked up almost like a pony car almost in a very S550 Mustang Mustangian way Mustang fashion whatever however you want to say it and so it, it's almost like the the two the two continents have swapped ideals America seems to be going to a more well Ford and GM are going to a more European-style performance car, and yet BMW seems to be going the opposite way in making cars, visually at least, slightly more brutish and slightly more like pony cars, which is a very a very weird swap and one that I don't think I, I would have ever seen coming. I'm not sure how many people could have seen that coming. But Oh, and then we got to talk about this because this is also part of the automotive landscape. The big grills. BMW's new big grill, Audi's new big grill, Lexus has, to be fair, they were ahead of the game on that. And I still maintain, rather controversially, I think, the new BMW 4 Series actually looks good, even with its big grill. I think that looks fantastic. The problem is it just has that lower grill that ruins it and just makes it look like, looks like a very specific kind of monkey. And I hate it. It what? looks awful. It makes it look like a proboscis monkey. Oh my gosh. With the, with the, like, the really long nose like that. Having the little grill outline makes it look like that. Oh no! And it's so awful. It's I, I I just can't help but ask BMW why. The normal grill was fine, and you should have been able to get enough cooling with that as it is. 
if you had to have lower vents, at least you could have at least split it up or make it look more like the the non-sporty models because that's I prefer the way that that looks. But I did a I did a video a while ago where I just photoshopped it out and it looks so much better. It almost looks like it's a BMW i car actually because it doesn't have the additional grill and it look to me it looks great. It's like there you go. All you need is that massive kidney grill and you're fine. But what's funny is that I don't feel the same way about the new M3 M4. I actually think it doesn't work there. It, it to me there it actually looks bad. I'm like ah no that's nah no nah just as many ways as you can say no as possible. It doesn't really work. That one that was genuinely a step back. But rather controversially, I think that one works. I don't actually see. I don't understand. I don't quite understand all the hate with the new Lexus grill where it looks like that alien from Predator. That's what a lot of people have been saying. That old alien horror movie where it's oh, got yeah. that X thing. That's what they're saying the Lexus grill looks like. Uh-huh. And I can kind of see it. I don't see the hate though to me. Because to me it's just really, really distinctive. And to an extent is actually tastefully done. So I actually like the Lexus grills. I really, really do. But again, Lexus was ahead of that. But the Audi grills, the Audi grills I dislike. I do dislike them. Because they just... It's just this massive, creepy, creepy guy cr- uh, grin across the face. And I'm like, why do you, do you need that? Like, do you need all that grill? Like, you, do you, you want some car with your grill? I, <laughs> I, I would, I would want some car with my grill. I would. Or if you're going to make a big grill like that, because Gen 5 Viper has a pretty big grill, even though it's filled in. It's like, okay, do it right. Don't just, don't just like select it and gimp. And then use the scale tool and just stretch it. Because <laughs> that's what's basically happened. And i not a fan, especially not with the Audis. But it's funny because Ram with the new 1500 went the opposite way. Where they met, they actually went with a smaller grill than the outgoing DS truck, which is still around. But then you see Ford and GM make these bigger grills. And I'm kind of like, nah, Ram is setting the tone again. The big grills aren't the way to go. Ford, Chevy, you're way behind the curve now. <laughs> And that, and that new DT truck just looks so good. So good. I love it. But I think Ram set the tone again where they went when they went with the smaller grill because we had, with the DS, we had nearly 10 years, right about 10 years actually, of the big grill. And they were like, no, now we're going to do a toned, buttoned, uh, toned button like James Bond kind of style where it's just, it's... it's Classy? It's, it's classier, yeah. Yeah. And so I quite like that. And that, and then Ford with the with the Mach E, they learned. It, it would appear that they learned from Tesla, where having no, no, visual area for a grill just looks weird. Because on the new on the new Model S, it's just body color front end, and people are like, nah, that looks weird. I don't like that. I prefer the one where it had like a fake black outline for where a grill would be. And so Ford, I guess they learned from that because I was watching a video. They had this outline, and then they had a fake low. They have a fake lower grill on it. It's like okay, because the grill gives the grill gives a car a face. That's what it happens. So you have the headlights, which are the eyes, and then the grill, which is the mouth, and you tie those together, and then that's the face. Right. Okay. Well, then what happens when you do when you pull a a X Men Day uh, Days of Future Past, and then you shut Ryan Reynolds up, Deadpool, you just cover his mouth up like that looks wrong. It just doesn't look right. But I was watching a Auto Line podcast and Ralph Jules was saying that because electric cars don't need grills, eventually we're going to have to figure out how to give cars and brands their own distinctive image without a grill. Which I think he's, he's kind of right about that. But 
I think ultimately Ford is more right about it, where it's like, no, just put a fake grill, so at least there's still a face. At least you can still see an image of a recognizable face in the front of a car. Because the face, and Ralph feels the same way, that a face kind of makes the car. It's looking back at you, it stirs an emotion. So I, I partially agree with him, but I think Ford's got it right, where it's just, no, nah, just put a fake grill. Be done with it. People aren't going to like it, but at least you still have a face, and it's not just a body color front end. Although, to be fair, I think a body color, like the entire car being body color, could be interesting. Because then it looks like those speed forms, especially when bespoke automakers have like those, they have the the form of a car to test colors. And it's just, it's all one color. They don't have, it doesn't have wheels, it doesn't have wing mirrors, it it no windows, nothing. It's just the shape of the car. Like a 3D, like a 3D print of the car, but with all the surfaces removed, so it's just a core silhouette. I think that scaled up to a real car could look interesting, but Tesla sort of did that and people don't like it, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> so I guess the short of it is ultimately that the automotive space is just really, really weird now. There's so many like contradictions and odd things going on. It's like, what kind of like Orwellian dystopia world have we entered in now? The short of it, he says, after 20 minutes, that's the short version. version excuse me. After all that, though, I kind of want to ask, what's it been like for you watching me do this podcast as for the last four years? Because it's probably the thing I've, I think it's the thing I've done the most consistently ever in my life. Yeah, it has. For me, it's been really interesting just because I've seen you grow in terms of being more social not just because you're talking a lot more, which I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing, <laughs> but uh, you're going to events more and you're just talking to a lot of people. I remember when you would go to events and I wasn't with you, but you were with dad and you were so nervous about talking to people and networking. And my whole thing was, okay, for every person you give your card out to, I will play Forza with you for an hour. Yeah. So we had this whole deal of every time you networked, that's an hour. So, and it worked for a while. You kept, you socialized a lot. I owed you so much Forza. Yeah, and you haven't repaid them all back yet. <laughs> no, I have. No, I thought you still had like two hours left. Maybe. Like, to play. I, maybe but I don't have to... another controller, so it doesn't matter now. <laughs> <laughs> so you could cash that two hours in for something else. Sure. Maybe like ETS2 or I'm Rocket sure. League or something else. Well, you uninstall Rocket League. I'll so. reinstall it. <laughs> it's not a big deal. But Dirt I, 3, please. I guess. Yeah. I'll reinstall that too. But for a while, I was like, you know, we'll use this in, to get you to socialize and network. And it did work. And then after a while, I cut it off because you were doing it so naturally, you didn't need it anymore. Yeah, I got good. Yeah, you, you tried <laughs> to milk it. And I was like, no, we're going to stop it right here. <laughs> so, but seeing you talk a lot more, get more confident, be more social was has been really cool to see. But then also just seeing how you are affecting the world of cars, at least in the news space, since you have a website now, you were on Drive Tribe, well, you're still on Drive Tribe, yeah. and you were doing, uh, what is it, Car Throttle. Yeah, because that's where I started, yeah. Yeah, just all those articles and how you're interacting with people. It's really cool to see you grow in all these different areas, if, whether it's socializing or now you're into photography, yeah. and which is really funny since our dad did, started photog <laughs> he did photography, photography for several years. So you grew in that way, and then you really got you really got yourself an online presence, and you just interact with people in, in a really cool way. So yeah, that's kind of a good point because I I, I still think I think back to that occasionally about how I started as more introverted than you, 
Yeah. Like, significantly more introverted than you, and you had more online friends than I did, and I was hardly talking to anyone, and now... It's I, opposite. Yeah, I'm not so much a social butterfly, but I can I can wing it. I can fake it. Yeah. Or, I've, I, or, or the better way of saying this is I've become personable. Not saying that you're not, but I can, I can do it. Yeah. Genuinely. It's not too much of a stretch in the right situation. Yeah, it's really stressful for me to socialize. Yeah, so that's that's a good point though, yeah. Because it's it's weird it's weird thinking back now on how that was the case where yeah, I was the the less social of the two of us. And then through events, podcasts and other things that happened that's, And bribing. And bribing, yeah. <laughs> true. That's now that's now different. I can to some extent relax more now. I can hold a proper conversation and some to some extent relate to people and just talk to people yeah because even when i've accompanied when i've gone to events with you it's just really interesting really interesting to see you talk to people you've completely just taken the wheel of socializing yeah because you were you were saying we had this discussion a while ago where you're saying you know something will happen when we're out even if it's not an event and then i'll make a joke and just kind of bounce off all the other strangers in the room and how that yeah. never happened before. Because that never happened. Yeah, I think you're really easy to talk to, and it's the other way around, too. You talk to people easily. To an extent, just, yeah. It just flows naturally. You don't even seem like it's you're struggling or anything. Yeah, that to an extent, that's me faking it. Just just trying <laughs> to act like it's not a problem so that I don't believe it's a problem, then I do something ridiculous or just undermine myself or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but someone will say something, and you will, without a beat, just reply really smoothly yeah just... yeah i did glow up showers <laughs> yeah i did glow up the there. ultimate glow up <laughs> yeah so that was that was good but i think as someone in the entertainment sphere that thank god that happened because that's that's almost like a requirement now. I, I do feel like though on the social media front i'm still not there yet though because i still hardly post some stuff yeah and so I, I just like keeping to myself it's like no you're an entertainer man post the entertaining stuff all the time. And it's like, well, it's entertaining to me, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with laughing at my own stuff. Yeah. It's like, you're an entertainer. Post it. <laughs> Do it, forehead. <laughs> you can't keep it all to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I but, am that way too, though. Yeah. But it's, in, in relation to the podcast, I just find it so staggering that I started when I was 13. Yeah, like, really. Like, what the mess did I know when I was 13? Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you, and thank God I was just doing news primarily, because that's, that is something a 13-year-old could do, but even still. And it's, because I was, I was listening to uh, Alex Clare's two, I think I was reading the comments of that video, that music, that song I sent you a while ago. I don't know which one you're talking about, but yes. Oh. And so I was reading the comments and someone was saying it's interesting how we're listening to the song now as completely different people to when we first started listening to it. And for me, oh, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, that couldn't be more true, not only for the podcast, but for the song, because that song, uh, that one was, what did I say, like nine, nine years ago now. I found that in 2011-ish. So I was, no, no, seven, seven years ago now, because then I was 11 at the time. And then with the podcast, two years later, it'd be 13, not 2011, because I wouldn't have been 11 then. Either way, I found that song <laughs> a really, really long time ago, a really long time ago. And, it, and that, that comment kind of hit home to me because it's so, it was so true how we're listening to the same song, but we are in a completely different place in life now. We're completely different people now. And it's the same thing with the podcast for me, where I started that when I was 13 and I'm 
very largely a different person than who I was when I started. Yeah, but it's, I mean, at, at 13, you were a lot quieter, so... To an extent, yeah. And far less well-rounded. But it's but it's interesting how that that's the one part of continuity that I have with my 13-year-olds outside of my love for Vipers, because that never changed. Yeah. But... <laughs> But it's interesting how this has, how this podcast has endured all my changes. Like that's the one thing that has stayed the same throughout all these years, throughout everything that has ever that has happened for the past uh, four years. And it's it's very interesting to think about that to me, for me personally, because that's who who starts a podcast at thirteen, who does that, and and who would imagine that you would keep that podcast oh so many years later when you are a very very different person now. Yeah, that's really interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, even the Udemy thing, that didn't last nearly as long, and that was when we were about 14. I think so. It's been, we, did, we do too much, honestly. <laughs> no kidding. Too much in a little time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But So this podcast was dedicated to you all because I can't believe we're at 12,500. And what I really can't believe is that we got to 12,500 in such a short frame of time from being at, what did I say, like 10,000? Yeah, from being at 10,000 and 50 downloads that was 2,000 downloads we did this year that is unprecedented for me and then with only having like 90 episodes I mean 90 episodes we got 2,000 more downloads like that's pretty darn impressive on its own so I thank you all for listening really and I enjoy I, I may not always want to do it but I'm always grateful that there's people out there willing to listen even if I don't put out the absolute best podcast I could or if I'm not as if I'm not as jokey or funny as I would like to be all the time I'm really glad that you all listen and that there's people who, within about the first 20 minutes of me uploading a podcast, are immediately ready to download. <laughs> Don't know who you are, but it, is, it would appear like you've been there for the past four years, so I'm really, really grateful to you guys. And I guess the last thing that I had on my had on, had on my OneNote was that would I branch out anywhere else? Well, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Music, we're on Apple Music, iTunes thing, because they rebranded that, which I don't really understand. Um... And soon, sooner or later, I'd actually like to go on SoundCloud. So you're also on so, Stitcher, right? Stitcher, yeah, and a few other places that I'm. Oh, and TuneIn, TuneIn, Stitcher, and a few other places that I don't have on my banner in my room right now. So, <laughs> you can't tell them our secret. <laughs> so I'll maybe I'll make a list of that eventually. But yeah, I'd look for SoundCloud depending on how much, depending on whether or not I start earning an income from CCC within the next two years. Because I have to pay for the Pro or Pro Unlimited to be able to upload as much as I do and with the file sizes. So, Because there are a few episodes up there right now, but then I ran into the limit. And I was like, well, <laughs> we can't do more there. Goodbye, SoundCloud. Yep, so. Short-lived. That's what I would look for with the future of the podcast. I'd look for more frequent interviews. I'd look at better Sunday specials, more frequent Sunday specials. And honestly, I've enjoyed this talkie bit quite a bit, actually, so. I'd say look forward to more Sunday special discussion videos where I just talk about... Probably not with you there because you wouldn't be able to manage that with your busy schedule. You wouldn't be able to manage that every Sunday. And it wouldn't be every Sunday, but I'd say maybe once a quarter, I'll do a discussion video where I talk about everything that happened within the, I don't know, maybe the last three months or or something like that. So look for our discussion videos because this was fun and kind of behind the scenes of CCC. And I think we need more of that, more transparency like this, so... If, yeah. So while we're not going to get Wheelin' Wednesday again, <laughs> we're not going to get that again for a little bit here, this will be a more frequent thing, because this was great. This was fun. And, hey, finally we'll get the podcast over 45 minutes, <laughs> so it's more like normal podcasts that are at least two hours. Yeah. 
Plus, I'm not a car person, so I'd have a hard time just being on here and talking with you. True. Because <laughs> half True. the, not even half, all the cars you've mentioned today, I don't know what they look like, what company they're from. I know some of them are company brand names you mentioned, but still, I don't know. Well, you got to listen to the podcast to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I really am quite grateful to you guys because, again, so much is juicing change and I just can't believe that I'm still doing this because I know what I was like when I was 13 and I did not have the discipline to do a to do it every weekend let alone for the last for the next few years and I've not always wanted to do it and I'm, I'll be real about that but I still am and it's still a big part of CCC you know of all the things I wanted to do I finally figured out that I have four core pillars of CCC it's the podcasting the videos the writing and the photography that's actually a little bit unrelated but yeah I really, I really am quite grateful to you guys. With, uh, and also 763 followers. Almost forgot. Yeah. And growing. So I'm very, very pleased about that. I'm hoping that this, really the rest of the year, this, it would have been great if this had this happened at the end of the year. But we still have some podcasts at, after this because it's only October. But also, also, I find it quite funny how due to the fact, due to the fact that I've been pumping out a lot of episodes, we got to 12,500 downloads and 300 episodes almost at the same time very nearly because at the time we're recording this we're at 12,520 downloads so I'm just I'm literally just a day behind and I had to put the weekly news recap episode out yesterday because we would have been at 299 if I didn't so that one that one was non-negotiable but yeah I find that quite interesting but so I think we should give a round of applause for the people who are listening, the people who have interviewed you and you've interviewed and helped you grow your podcast. So thank you, everyone. Yep, thank you. Well, let's not do that too loud because that might hurt some people's ears. But You clap, just yelled earlier. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah, that, okay. Sure. Stop with your slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I look, forward to, I look forward to more of that. The website is still a work in progress because I've been swamped and I've been stuck trying to figure out this this one part of the website because I just have not been able to figure it out. But once I do, and when I get that stuff done, the website will be done. I kind of don't want to set a time frame just in case it doesn't happen, but I'm hoping for sometime in November. That's what I'm hoping for. And prior to, prior to that, I was hoping for sometime this month, but that obviously didn't happen. So just but. say before 2021. Hopefully before 2021. Yeah, that should be, that should be reasonable. That. Yeah, because I really want to get some stuff on there and then just hit it hard because it looks great it really well, does honestly. i'm so proud of myself because i mean i the thing is i've been working on it for a year now because we passed <laughs> we passed the time or almost a year very close to a year now because i started working on it last year actually i thought it was in february of this year no that's when i started doing it in earnest oh. that's when i really started getting on it because <laughs> the covid thing i had more than enough time so yeah but in earnest this year overall for for about a year now but it looks great i'm really really happy with it for the most part and we'll be again i'll be getting back to writing stuff so oh also look forward to me reading more of my own articles because and i don't i don't say that because it's like an egotistical thing but it's still more automotive information and some of it's interesting so yeah i haven't gotten around to doing that yet but i wanted to i want to do more of those because those happen in the middle of the week it's basically it it's an audio version of your article for those who may yeah. want an audio version instead of reading it yeah and that's why and, you know i had a sticky note for a while actually where i where I, where I was kicking around the idea of making like an audiobook article. And I find it so funny that now that I'm editing my own stuff, I finally actually got that idea to come to fruition. So I'm now doing the one thing I thought about doing oh so many months ago. So yeah. And I think after this week, 
the Sunday special. I want to do a Viper one. I'm actually going to do... I want to do... <laughs> well, the thing... <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't really done one because last, last time was Maserati. The time before that was a road and track article. The time before that was another road and track article. And I think both were very nearly about motorsports. So... The upcoming what? You need your Viper fix. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been I haven't done Mopar Monday in a while now, so I really want to do that as well. But yeah, so the next Sunday special is going to be a kind of like a throwback Thursday, where we're going to go back to an article from Car and Driver that I bookmarked a very long time ago about everything the engineers and designers did with the Gen Five Viper. And I, I will say that if I do the Mopar Monday, there may not be a new car thing on Tuesday. It just it just depends. Some if I do one thing, something sooner or later is going to give. But, yeah, I want to do that because I've been missing out, actually, on a lot of Moparties, and there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. But, yeah. Oh, also, look forward to more Netflix specials, because I haven't done that in a while. We still, I still need to finish Season 2 of, of the F1 Drive to Survive. I just I really don't like editing those, because they take a lot of time, and I don't, tep- I don't typically sit down for an hour to watch video uh, episodes like that, but I do need to, because I need that done. And then sooner or later, I need to go back and watch season one because I didn't watch season one. That one I might do on my own time and then just do a recap just to keep it kind of short because it's old news now. But anyway, I do hope you all continue to enjoy this podcast. I hope you guys can bear with me when I'm doing... I hope you guys really, really enjoy it when I'm doing good and can bear with me when I'm not doing as good. <laughs> but I, I really, really, I really do appreciate all you guys because this is pretty much the most successful thing I've got going on right now and I hope it continues to be one of my most successful avenues that I delve into cars with more episodes will be coming out there's probably going to be a new car episode on Tuesday probably will be because I need to do the Tesla the new Tesla plaid platform with the Model S because that one came out a little while ago and I haven't gotten to that but yeah basically I have a lot of work to do and I always have a lot of work to do so I'm I'm never out of I never have nothing to do that's that's a good way of saying it but yeah this podcast has been quite a journey and I'm really it's opened so many doors for me and allowed me to meet so many people some people that I really quite admire and that's kind of thanks to you guys that really is thanks to you guys for putting this podcast on the map I mean we got something coming out sometime in November that's really rather interesting that's because you guys have put this podcast on the map for downloading and following it and I never I never thought that that would happen that that thing would happen this year or kind of anytime soon so I really am quite grateful for all the support and love that you guys show this podcast i will hopefully do another one of these discussion ones soon this was great and long hopefully (laughs) the thing is the next time it happens i will definitely stick more to the stick more to the one note file that i send for myself because then it will be a little bit stick more to cars (laughs) yeah yeah but anyway i hope you all enjoyed thank you for getting me to this point and beyond i will see you all Not even next time. Really, really soon, actually. I will see you all really, really soon. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for having me.